Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house or use the code house at checkout for 20% off your order and for free shipping. This is episode 74, and we've got some firepower for guests today. It is The Bachelor's Jesse Palmer. The Bachelor's Jesse Palmer, but I guess ESPN, the NFL, uh, college football's Jesse Palmer. Former backup quarterback to Kerry Collins, Jesse Palmer, joins the show today. I'm Jake, that's Will. We are joined with our very own Bachelor with a bro, uh, the bro himself, Zach Mastriani. Thanks for joining the show, Zach. Uh, welcome. I feel like this is a long time coming, 74 episodes in. How are you? Um, you're, you're, you said it right on the nose. You know, it only took 74 episodes to finally get me on the pod. You know, I'm happy to be here, even though I've been teased numerous times. Um, I'm just very excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still feeling that high after getting that chance to interview Jesse uh, last week. I He was a good one. I mean, out of all the guests we've had, probably one of the biggest star power names behind it. Um, having Disney and ABC grant us that opportunity was definitely huge and we're super thankful for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we could not have done Bachelor of the Bro without Zach. So we're thankful to have you on the podcast. Um, yeah, that was one of those that Zach, I remember you texting our chat after we got done. You're like, I kind of want a beer. We did that at Thursday at like 1130 AM. And I was kind of right with you. I'm like, all right, let's, let's get the vodka flowing. We did something cool. Um, yeah, one of those things where it's like, I just accomplished something that I never thought I would ever do. Um, and it's just like one of those things you just need to celebrate. But no, I was happy I got to do it with you guys. Happy we had the chance to meet Jesse. And um, I'm very excited for everyone to hear our interview because I thought it was a very well done interview. If you're a fan of The Bachelor, you won't really get some... T- he teases some stuff. He definitely teases some stuff. He doesn't really go into detail, but... He leaves. He leaves it more ambiguous. Um, and when by the time this episode come out, Bachelor will air um, the night of this episode, which is Monday, the twenty fourth of January. Uh, a lot of stuff with Clayton Etchard, uh, the current Bachelor, um, over the next couple of weeks. Pretty excited about that. Our weekend was was it very fun celebrating uh, Paige's birthday, obviously, but. Zach, we were talking about the, the price fix menus and stuff like that. Uh, Providence Restaurant Week has come and gone, blinked our eyes. We took advantage of a few deals. Um, I don't know. This is one of those that every time this comes around, I'm like, shit, you know, these deals are pretty, they're pretty good. Not going to lie. We had lunch for 19 bucks, three course meal. You guys went out to dinner, had like, you know, a, a pretty, all things considered, a pretty inexpensive dinner for three courses. Um, I'm on a super price fix high right now. Um, I probably won't do that again for a while until the next restaurant week comes up. But I thought there was some good stuff around the 401 this week. Yeah. I was going to say, missed opportunity for them not promoting it more. Um, it yeah, they fucked up. Under the radar. And I mean, even all the restaurants that participated in Pro- uh, Rhode Island, I mean, I did, you know, three or four restaurant weeks like restaurant week menus uh, this past week that they weren't like publicizing it. And I think it's a real opportunity for restaurants to like kind of provide stuff that's not already on the menu, not just having like the three courses and stuff like being like, Hey, you can only get this item on the menu. They really missed out on that. But other than that, I mean, the deals were phenomenal. What was the best course that any of you guys had this week? Zach, we'll start with you. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was just going to piggyback off what Will was saying because not only were they not promoting it, but like we had to ask the waiter to bring the menu over. Like the, that's for true. For whatever reason, like they just did not want to let us know that they were participating in Restaurant Week, which I thought that was, was pretty funny. dumb. How yeah. dumb is that? Unless your margins are like, unless your margins are like razor thin on that stuff, you should be promoting that. And they can't be that thin because you're still. Like, I'm sorry, it can't cost more than a couple bucks to make a salad, you know, yeah. or a bowl of pasta fazool. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, to answer your question there, Zim, I would say that my, my favorite meal that I had was when we went out to lunch together, I got a seafood risotto, which normally I don't order risotto at a restaurant just because... Not to brag, but I feel like I can make a pretty good one at home. <laughs> uh, my dad's taught me well there. It's one of the few recipes I've actually picked up from him. So I normally stay away at a restaurant, but um, I saw it on the menu. I wanted to give it a try. Um, all the seafood was super fresh. The risotto was nice and creamy. And it's just like it went very well together. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great plug for Massimo right there. Yeah, excellent. Massimo, downtown Providence on Federal Hill. Uh, great stuff. Well, we'll go to you real quick. Yeah, I mean, I'll stick with the Massimo train. The carbonara was excellent. The dessert was really good. Um, they just had, I felt, just like a strong menu overall. But Parkside on um, closer to College Hill, I don't know the exact address to it off the top of my head. They had a really good menu. I mean, their uh, chicken in general is really good, but um, it was definitely a full menu with a Brussels sprout and pork belly salad, um, home fried country chicken, and some red velvet cake that hit the spot for lunch. That's the rotisserie place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's on Main Street in on the east side of Prov. That's. Uh, you guys have good things to say about it. Um, I'll, I'll take us to Providence Oyster Bar where we went last week. I had a swordfish steak. That was smacking. That was honestly really good. They did some sort of lemon demi-glaze with potatoes, green beans, that kind of stuff. Uh, big shout out to Providence Oyster Bar, not just oysters, fun fact. Um, let's go into our beer segment. We'll talk to Jesse Palmer, then we'll talk some business and some balls, as always, presented by Manscaped. Um, guests first. Zach, what beer did you have this week that you want to plug? And let's give it a rating uh, zero to five on the untapped scale. Yeah, I'll, tr- I'll try my best here. As you two are well aware, I definitely don't find myself as a beer aficionado as um, you two. Uh, that being said, um, while we're celebrating Paige's birthday, I actually got to try the Chazon Buffalo Czech Pilsner. And the reason why I picked it, you two would know, but I'll tell the, the viewers. Um, I studied abroad in the Czech Republic, and that's when I really first kind of understood what a beer was. Um, I, I kind of obeyed the drinking law. So once I was there, um, I was able to drink and started trying out uh, different kinds of beer. But most of the Czech Pilsners caught my eye while I was there studying abroad. Um, so anytime I see a Czech Pilsner on the menu, I try to get it, try to remind me of uh, those fun few months that we got to celebrate um, over in Europe. And I'd have to say, I would give this beer a 3.75. Um, I felt like it gave me fond memories of being back in the Czech Republic, which was kind of what I was going for. Um, I can't say it was like the best beer I've ever drank. Uh, so that's why maybe I'm not giving it a four, 
Uh, but just like on the sole fact that like it gave me some memories of what I used to drink while I was there is why I gave it a pretty solid score. Yeah, Shades On is so they. I'm not a huge fan of Shades On. I'll go on the record. They make a couple beers really well. I think Buffalo Check's one of them. Um, yeah, that's a beer that that was like I think the first Shades On beer I had, and I know Will, you and I had it at the beer festival uh, two years ago in Rhode Island. They did a really good job. So Shades On, you know, one of those right in the middle. Will, we'll go to you. Yeah, going back on the Shades On, I'm trying to see what I've had. I was right there with you, Zach. Gave it a three seven five. Um, I mean, Pilsner's a hit or miss, but uh, I definitely like the Czech style. You know, when you get into that Eastern European um, style of beers, but I'm going to stick in. Rhode Island as well. We went to Long Live early in the week. And I will do, 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 do Cookie Hour. No. Cookie Hour, which is their Imperial Double Stout. Um, barrel aged in vanilla bourbon and Buffalo Trace barrels, conditioned with a modest amount of chocolate cream cookies. Um, it's a collaboration with their with Beervana Fest, 11%. Definitely had the strong barrel-aged flavors. Very creamy, very thick. Good cookie flavor as well, not too out overpowering. 4.25 for me. Long Live is, you know, they're known for their New England IPAs, but they, I think they're getting better into the stout business. And they are uh, might be competing with Treehouse with the stouts, putting that on the record. Mm. They're, they're just mostly, like, again, Treehouse has great stouts as well, but they're that hit there that jet black coffee flavor you know maybe you'll get some vanilla maybe you'll get some um chocolate but mostly coffee whereas longwood is starting to branch out in so many different flavors getting more of the whiskey the vanilla the cinnamon um i really do think that they're going to start overpassing them in the stout category yeah the stouts are you and i talked about this a bunch Everyone flocks to Treehouse for their thick, hazy New England IPAs, and then they're pleasantly surprised by the stouts. And I think the real ones go for the stouts and also are like, oh, shit, that's a really cool IPA, too. Um, that's where we're at with Treehouse now. It's that simple. I mean, they, they, not, they not only make the best IPAs in, in New England, um, they're in the stout game, too. So Long lives right up there with them at this point. Uh, we don't need to harp on... You know how good they are anymore. I mean, their their product is what it is. Go, go, go! South side of Providence now. Uh, I'm going to take us to Florida again. I did MIA Beer Company last week out of Miami. I, I reviewed Miami Vice with a W. That was pretty good. Um, and this time I'll go to the other coast. Went to Naples uh, about a month and a half ago on the Gulf Coast, and on the way back to the airport, my mom was checking a bag. Obviously, I'm going to smuggle some beer in there. So, made her stop on the way to the Fort Myers airport. Got some Riptide Brewing Company, who actually acquired this space uh, about a year ago. Uh, formerly known as Momentum Brewing Company in Bonita Springs. Um, they bought them, and now they're just a big old Riptide Brewing Company. Um Pretty cool story. Maybe we'll save that for another day, but I had Gango Guava. It was obviously a mango guava beer. Um, it's pretty good. It was light. It was 5.8%. Um, it was very fruity and very thick. And at the end of the day, really solid fruit ale. Um, 
What did I give it? I think I gave it a three seven five to three five. It like if you could do fractional ratings on Untapped, I would have given this like a three six. Pretty good. I uh, can't have too many of them because it's a fruit ale, kind of like a sour. Um, good beer to drink while you're sitting outside uh, on a sunny, hot day. So check them out, Riptide Brewing Company. I don't think they do much distribution, but if you're ever in Florida, I'm sure they're all over the place. So it's Gangam Wava, five point eight percent. Nice and light. Um, not sour season quite yet, but I'm quite excited. Let's go to our interview with Jesse Palmer now. Um, this man doesn't even need an introduction. Again, Kerry Collins is back up from 2001 to 2004 with the New York Giants. He's done a lot with ESPN and the college football scene um, and in the NFL scene as well. And now he is the host of The Bachelor. Let's see what Jesse Palmer has to say. Here's our discussion with him. All right, everybody, with us this week, the one and only Jesse Palmer, the host of Bachelor, season 26, joins the podcast. Um, former NFL quarterback, broadcast extraordinaire, and now Bachelor host, uh, Jesse Palmer, welcome to the podcast, and how's everything going? I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Everything's good. How are we doing? We're good. We're good. We're excited good. to have you on the Bachelor with the Bros. A little bit of a different interview uh, on the Beers, Business, and Balls podcast, but Let's dive right to it, Jake. Let's kick it off. Yeah, Jesse. Let's let's start it off. I mean, it, it's been 18 years since you were part of Bachelor Nation as a as a contestant. Um, how does it feel? You know, take us through. You're you're back in the mix as a host now. You know, how's that like? Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. First off, it's way less stressful being the host versus actually being the Bachelor. You don't have to deal with any of the drama. You don't have to manage any of the relationships, worrying about sending the wrong person home. So that's one. Uh, two, it's been really nostalgic. It's funny how in life you think you always remember everything about the big moments in your life. And when I was the bachelor back in 2004, while I was playing on the New York Giants, that was a huge moment. The very first night on Clayton's season, when I was standing there watching the women pull up in the limo and watching Clayton and seeing him, man, I had this like tidal wave of emotions kind of come over me. And it was like those nervous feelings, and the excited feelings and the jitters, which I had completely forgotten about. And then fast forward to the first rose ceremony, I had like massive PTSD because I was just hoping he wasn't going to forget anybody's <laughs> name like I did <laughs> during my season. <laughs> So, you know, it was, I kind of like experienced the whole spectrum um, and it's been really cool this year, getting to sort of guide, and give advice to Clayton based on some of the experiences I had as the bachelor, uh, because I know how bad Clayton wants to find love and get married, helping him. And he's a guy that I really genuinely like. Um, it's been really, really cool. This has really kind of come full circle. And of course, you know, they say every season is the most dramatic season of The Bachelor. But, you know, you've said it and many others have said it. This might be the most dramatic season of The Bachelor. Um, last week's episode, we saw, you know, Clayton ask you if he could take a rose back. Um, right. Years prior, you were the one and you, you alluded to it. You messed up on someone's name. You ended up giving two roses. So it's kind of like that odd parallel of two different uh experiences but what can we expect for next week's episode with that major cliffhanger yeah listen i think the biggest theme of this season with clayton is that on the bachelor there are no rules 
Clayton is willing to do whatever it takes to find this person. You got to remember, Clayton never watched the show before he was on Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. So he doesn't care about any precedence that has been set before. I know for a lot of us who watch the show, sometimes things seem kind of formulaic. We're used to things happening a certain way. A certain amount of roses get handed out at this rose ceremony. It's what we expect. This is when they travel, et cetera, et cetera. Clayton is willing to do things his way. He is a real dude. And he's going to take risks. He's going to take chances to inevitably get where he wants to go. Clayton's at a bit of a crossroads right now, as you mentioned. Of course, Sierra has come to him, told him that Cassidy told her that she's got a friends with benefits back home. That's affected Clayton because he feels like he has a pretty strong relationship and connection with Cassidy at this point. So he's come to me now asking, has anybody ever taken a rose back? We've already seen a couple of firsts. Um, three women self-eliminated themselves on the very first episode. He offered a rose to somebody before they even got to the mansion. Now he's about to become potentially the first bachelor to ever take a rose back and do it very, very early on in his journey. And this is just sort of, this is just going to wet your beak for what's about to happen over and over and over again as we move through Clayton's season. Lots of firsts and lots of eye-opening experiences. Yeah, so Jesse, would you say that if you had to describe Clayton's journey uh, the phrase would be, if you had to give a little phrase, it'd be first, you know, it was the first of every, a lot of first year, or I guess if I had to ask you a question, well, if you had to use one word to describe the journey, what would you use? Yeah. Great question. Uh, I agree with, with your assessment. I would say <laughs> first, um, probably genuine or authentic or real. Um, he is, he really is a sweet guy who comes from a small town. He's got great core values. And again, he wants this so bad. I don't know if I've ever met anybody in my life that wants to get married as bad as he does and, and have kids. Like there's no ulterior motive with Clayton. He's not trying to grow his IG. I doubt he's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Like mm -hmm. he, wants to, he wants to get married and he, wants, he wanted it yesterday. You remember on Michelle's season when he talks about that and having kids, here's this big football player who just breaks down and starts crying. He gets emotional about it. He wears it on his sleeve. Um, he only knows how to do things one way, and that's his way, by being authentic to himself and being real. And because of that, to your point, there are so many firsts this season. There are so many moments in real time that I, as the host and our producers, were like, okay, where does this go now? <laughs> we're totally now going off the beaten path. And as a host, I got to sort of go there with them to help him get to where he wants to go. So I would say authentic, real, and first would be the, the three, you know, the three words I would use to describe it. And speaking of firsts, uh, I would say this is the first time that we've been able to travel again. It's been a few seasons since we've been able to kind of leave a bubble. Um, if you're allowed to share, I, I personally not the best with geography. So I tried to figure out through the trailers, uh, where you were able to go, but are you able to share where we are going to go through Clayton's journey uh, in terms of locations? I'm not allowed to say specifically where, but you're absolutely right. We do sort of get back to that jet set bachelor feel. I can also share that I'm pretty pissed off because I didn't get to do any of this stuff back in 2004. Oh, I'm like, bro, like I, like, I mean, listen, and I love Quebec City and Washington, D.C. and the Caribbean. They were amazing, amazing places for me. Like the budget of this show has just gone through the roof in the time since I was I was on. 
Uh, Clayton has it pretty good. I mean, you've already seen the dude take a helicopter, land it on a yacht, and get in a hot tub with Susie and start like popping champagne. Like that's already better than anything I did. We're about to take it <laughs> to like, the umpteenth level. So yes, uh, the show did an amazing job uh, during the pandemic of sort of, of orchestrating it and working its way through it. I thought they did incredible, but I, I think Bachelor Nation will sort of is going to get back to that familiarity this season of of seeing these ultra ultra luxurious uh, locations and dates once once we get back to traveling again. Yeah. No, that's very exciting. I can't wait to see. And something that I guess the fans have already been able to see is the mansion. We're back at the mansion. I know this is your first time at the mansion. What is, I would love to know kind of like, what is the environment when you're actually inside that bachelor mansion? It's amazing. I was kind of fanning out the first night I was there. So I kind of got there before I met Clayton for the first time when he got out of the limo and I'm walking through it. And, and like you, it, and you're right, that, that's a different mansion. And again, kind of to our point before, a way better mansion than the one I had <laughs> when I was on the show. So I'm kind of going through room to room and I'm looking around and I'm like, oh yeah, like that's where the, the rose ceremony takes place. That's right. That's where, that's the table I put the first impression rose down. Cool. Go outside. Oh, that's the fireplace that Champagne Gate happened at on Peter's. Yeah. I totally remember. <laughs> yeah, this is it. And so it was really cool for me. It really is an amazing, amazing house um, that the women are living in now. They're very, very lucky. Uh, it was, it was really, really cool. Just as a, as a member of Bachelor Nation and as a fan, for me, uh, seeing it for the first time was pretty neat. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's pretty incredible. That's definitely a dream. You know, as someone who's been watching the show for years, getting to see the mansion, and then also you get to experience going to all the different locations. I'm curious, Jesse, if, again, if you're allowed to share, um, what, are you, what are you doing when you're not on camera? you're uh like are you just there are you kind of secluded like kind of what's it like being not like you're the host but you're not really seen too much in the show sure so i try to see everything that i can it's not like i'm being the creepy guy like kind of in shadows <laughs> in the plant like over in the corner like try to like eavesdrop on everything but i am watching from a very safe uh and hopefully very secret uh, location mm -hmm. to see everything that's happening on group dates, on one-on-ones, as we travel, obviously in the mansion, cocktail parties, row ceremonies, all of the above. I'm sort of always around trying to make sure that I'm as informed as I can be so that if Clayton does have a question or he needs help or any advice, I can hopefully offer the best advice that I can in that moment. Jesse, this is not unfamiliar territory for you to be the host of a show, right? You've had some good preparation, you know, working for Fox as a color commentator, uh, NFL Network for the draft, and, and more recently ESPN for college football. And now you're the Bachelor host, so you must have learned so much from those experiences on TV, uh, you know, moderating discussion. What do you think prepared you most for this opportunity now as the host of Bachelor? Man, that's a great question. Um, well, obviously, having been the bachelor and sort of understanding <clears throat> the construct of everything, uh, it definitely helped. Um, live sports, though, really, I think, is a great uh, is is a great vehicle for preparing for situations like this because you have to tap dance a lot and you sort of got to be in real time and nothing's scripted. 
just like sports. So you don't know where it's going. You might think you have an understanding of what's about to happen, but nobody anticipates Josh Allen going out against the Patriots last weekend and just leading the offense and having it look like sore that. subject. Real sore. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thanks. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, you know, and so that's kind of like what it's like on the Bachelor too. Like, like especially, especially this season with Clayton because it can literally go any direction at any given time. And you've got to be able to follow the action. You got to be present in the moment. So I, I think my sports background and covering football, ironically, in a weird way, it really has helped me out a lot for this. And just to close out the show, I mean, obviously former NFL quarterback from my giants and the 49ers, we would, we would be remiss if we didn't ask who's going to the Super Bowl and can the 49ers make a little spark? Man, okay. Well, I'm I'm going to start in the AFC, and I, it never feels like a good thing to bet against Mahomes in Kansas City. But I'm telling you, the way the Buffalo Bills are playing right now, they're peaking at the right time. I think they're going to represent the AFC. They've got the quarterback, best defense in the NFL. They're dominating in the trenches. I think they're the team from the AFC. I love the Packers. I don't, and I love the Niners. I don't think the Niners could get by Aaron Rodgers in at Lambeau, but it's, I don't know how you guys feel about this. It's still so hard to bet against Tom Brady at this point. Oh, like who in their right mind can do that? And I know, you know, we're all wondering, well, does he have the weapons around him on offense right now with some of the injuries? How quickly can Fournette come back? The Tristan Wirfs injury to me is the one that's actually probably the most scary in his protection, especially against a team like the Rams. But the defense is getting healthy. Todd Bowles is one of the best defensive callers. And, and Brady throws the ball great in cold weather. They're probably going to have to go through Lambeau. I, like, I don't know how you bet against them. Bills, Bucks, Bills Mafia in Los Angeles at, at SoFi. Let's wow. go. I'd be happy right. to take that. Let's go. I, I, hey, that's, that's got some merit to it. But Jesse, thanks so much, man. We appreciate you taking some time uh, to close out. Where can our listeners follow you guys? Where can they find your content? And how can they keep up with The Bachelor this season? Yeah, obviously, they're watching The Bachelor Monday nights, 8, 7 Central on ABC. They can stream it on Hulu. There's a lot of social social media, Instagram, Twitter uh, surrounding that as well. They can follow me at Jesse Palmer on Instagram, Jesse Palmer TV on Twitter. Um, and just come along for the ride. This thing has just started with Clay. Trust me. It's just, it, it, we're literally just taking off. It's going to be great. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jesse. Good luck the rest of the year. And we're excited to tune in next week. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. And that was just Jesse Palmer, host of The Bachelor. A new episode tonight. We were super thankful to have him on. You know, he, he sprinkled some breadcrumbs throughout the interview. He couldn't give too much, um, obviously, because. You know, we're still in the show, but we're super thankful to have him on the podcast, even to share any news about The Bachelor. Yeah, Will, I got to say, yeah, like you just mentioned, like, we got some information, but just the idea that we got to talk to the current host of The Bachelor during the actual season was just a dream come true. For someone who's been watching the show, I, geez, might be like six years now, going back to uh, Caitlin Bristow season is probably the the one I remember the farthest, which I believe we were like seniors in high school watching this. You know, I've seen so many Bachelor in Paradise, seen like about six or seven seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like just to be able to talk to someone who's currently connected, like the host, it was a dream come true. And I'm very thankful that ABC gives that opportunity and we got to 
get a chance to get to know Jesse a little bit and get to talk about the season. I think Zach can explain it well. You know, what is this season? It's the season of it's first. It's all it's all first. Uh, Jesse was telling us um, throughout the interview just all the different things that um, have currently happened, but then also what he kind of he tried to tease. Um, gives a little bit to get excited for for tonight's episode, as well as what to get looking forward to this whole season. I, I was really hoping he was going to answer the, the question about the locations. Um, I thought I had him, but then he saw uh, he did not tease us uh, with the specifics there. No, I, I wish he did. Um, that would have been pretty sick, but Rules are rules. Contracts are contracts. It understood. You know, it can't be breaking any news on Beer's Business Boss necessarily if you're Jesse Palmer. Not not worth screwing up your, your big contract with ABC. I, I get it. But Jesse Palmer, um, what an awesome interview. Great dude. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Let's go to business. There's a couple things uh, that are going on. Let's start it off. This wasn't in the original agenda until you brought it up, Will, but the infamous. Vishal Garg from Better.com, the guy that the CEO that stood in a Zoom meeting and laid off 900 employees. He said he's going to take some time off, and he's back. He's back, and he's guns a-blazing. Um, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I've mistreated all my, uh, my employees. You know, I never would have wanted to get laid off like that. But the problem is now everybody's worried that he's going to treat them like shit too. Um, I can't say enough bad things about this guy. Pretty pissed that he's back. And um, if you're working for better.com at this point, I mean, it's like you got to start poking your resume around. I mean, the fact that his time off was less than two months and we're talking about Christmas, New Year's, um, all the holiday, like three day weekends in between. It's like, was it really a time off or an extended vacation? He didn't sit there and say, you know what, I'm really sorry for my actions and how I handled this. You know, there's no doubt that the company needed to like make some changes. Like they were in the hole, but that's also questionable because they did receive, you know, significant investments prior to that whole thing. Um, but when the news broke out that this happened, the man was ridiculed online, ripped apart, dragged through the mud, and rightfully so. How does see uh, better.com's leadership and their board bring him back so fast thinking like nothing, oh, nothing, nothing ever happened. We'll go, we'll keep building. It's just poor management, poor leadership. And um, I will, ex I, I can highly anticipate people that work there are looking elsewhere and have been since that layoff. I mean, they, they must've been, it's, it's just a shitty situation because, you know, he tried to, he blamed them to start. Like he blamed the video's bad. If you haven't seen it, go do it. And I'm pretty sure, Will, you wrote a blog on it too. Um, or you commented somewhere about it, but it's like, if you're going to lay people off and then blame them that they're getting laid off and like, try to make it about yourself. Like, what are you doing? That's just such bad optics. I I'm amazed that no one like helped him through this better.com such a or everyone thought it was such a good company you got to have people navigating you through it i don't know situation is what it is and and now he's done but he's uh he's not done with the company because he's back but his public image is shattered right now 
So not good stuff. Zach, any comment from you? I'm, I'm sure you at least heard about this. Yeah, it's just like, if I was the CEO, like, how do you come back from this? Like, regardless of if you're able to run your company successfully, like, public, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just your public image is just shot. Like, no, no one wants to work for you. So it's like, how do you get the world back on your side? I know. And it's so tough. Because they just took the recordings of the Zoom video, posted it everywhere. It's going viral on TikTok. It went viral on, on Twitter, LinkedIn, even. You know, when something goes viral on LinkedIn, you know you fucked up. Yeah, seriously. That's what I get out of this. It's like all these people on LinkedIn who don't really have much to say about, about anything. It's getting a little more like cringy with, with the reposts and stuff. But everyone was on the same page with this dude. They're like, wow, not a good look, man. And they started tagging him and things are going viral. And it's... It's bad. Hope these people find good paying jobs and I'm sure they will find them elsewhere. That's what I have to say on the matter. Yeah. And I mean, let's just transition to the next one. It's like from one dumpster fire to another Peloton. What a fall from grace stocks at an all time low. They halted production. Um, I mean, my hate, my hot take on the whole Peloton situation, Apple's going to swoop right in and acquire them. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Peloton hit, they halted production, um, their stock has plummeted, they closed, they first, shares of Peloton closed down almost 25% on Thursday, wiping roughly $2.5 off its market value, um, we haven't talked about the temporary halt in production, uh, the, the the stock itself has been volatile ever since that huge raise rise when it was up into the hundreds. But I think people have realized with the pandemic, obviously, you know, Peloton had a major uplift in purchasing when everyone was stuck at home and didn't have the gym and stuff. It's an overpriced bike with an iPad on it. It is an overpriced bike with an iPad on it. And if anyone is like interested in purchasing the bike, you're better off getting a stationary bike an iPad or a phone, and then just pay the subscription, which I think is like... Dude, you just run the Peloton app off of that. It's like 25 bucks a month. You can get yeah. a lighter version for 12 Yeah, so it's like, what, 12 bucks, and you're saving a couple thousand on the bike itself, and you can use your phone? No-brainer. <sighs> the thing is, what I see what Peloton's trying to do. It's you integrate the hardware with everything else. That's like how you build a connected hardware product today. Like, you know, you, you hop on the Peloton, it automatically tells you know what your cadence is and what the what the RPMs are. I understand it, but I think what the market has said now is like, holy shit, this is way too like this is a two thousand dollar piece of hardware. It's not cool when you can get a stationary bike for a hundred bucks some places. So I, I feel that. Yeah, and it obviously didn't help. Like to get a Peloton bike, you needed to be on a wait list. It was impossible to get between supply chain, COVID production, all of that. Like it wasn't easy to acquire the bike. So now you're saying, okay, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm going to spend anywhere from two to $4,000 on this workout equipment, plus the video, plus the subscription and this and the fancy shoes and all of this stuff. But my bike's not going to be here for six months. By that point, gyms are kind of opening up. You can wear a mask. It still sucks. The weather's getting nice. You can go outside. You can just buy a regular bike. It's like they 
they blew up way too fast. And now they're dealing with those consequences. And I mean, halting production, you're one step away from just shutting your doors down completely. These key investors, they've been out almost a half a billion bucks over the last year. And that's courtesy of Zayd Admani, our good friend on TikTok, obviously, for, for digging that stat up. I mean, over the past, since November 2020, the investors have sold off 500 million bucks of stock. That is so much money. So I guess let's get into it. Like it or leave it. And I think I know what most of the answers are going to be based on this conversation. Like, do we like Peloton's ability to rally? There's a couple of different directions you can go, or are we leaving this? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Um, is it an opportunity that you know, the stock, can the, the stock can bounce back, possibly. But a week ago last year, the stock was at $170 with, only, with almost a $50 billion market cap. And now we're sub $30. I mean, if we're talking about any potential growth, I'm going to go back to my hot take. Apple is the one that's going to swoop in and save it because right now they're in murky, murky waters and I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I will agree. I will qualify that with if you, I think there's a legit opportunity to pump and dump. Um, I think there's going to be rumors circulating. I don't think it's going to go down much because it started back at 23, five years ago. The 27 bucks now, you know, the market will recover a bit, I believe, in the fit tech world. Um, I can see it going back up to like 50. So if you want to take the risk and double your money, go for it. Um, extremely volatile. I will not be doing that. But Peloton, man, it's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy time for that. Speaking of crazy times, too, go through our last business point. We talked about the Microsoft and Activision acquisition many months ago. And now it looks like it's finally going through for what would be Microsoft buying Activision for... Almost $70 billion. This would be history's biggest tech deal. Um, of course, Activision makes World of Warcraft. They make Call of Duty. They make uh, basically all the popular games. Um, this is an interesting one because Microsoft seems to be doubling down that they can sell their subscription-based game service called Game Pass. Um, I did not know a lot about Game Pass. I personally am team PlayStation. I don't really game anymore, though. So. Um, I guess this is a huge bet from Microsoft, right? You pay 15 bucks a month. You get unlimited access to games. You know, this, this to me seems that Microsoft just hoping people buy an Xbox because of game pass. And I see a path. I just hope Microsoft can put their money where their mouth is. So they need my opinion. If they want to do that, they need this to go through. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, it's a good move in terms of like, you know, evaluating the needs and it's like how can you make this conglomerate even bigger um you know a couple months ago we saw that phase clan the you know the 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 group that you know has their own esports team but it's for call of duty primarily um they're going public obviously gaming is huge right now between twitch and discord and like the content growing all over online the only deterrent, though, with this, it's like you're making something more expensive. You're not going to start getting the common person purchasing. It's like when we were all kids, it was like you got an Xbox or a PlayStation. 
Um, as a kid, you know, it was like $200. Games weren't that expensive. You could just pop your disc in, play all night, and have fun. Now it's becoming so expensive and so hard to get that, like, now you're just tacking on money. So now I have to go out, buy a new Xbox that's, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars after market, over a thousand. Now pay a monthly subscription for a game pass for, you know, a game that in eight to 12 months, a new one's coming out and that one's irrelevant. It's just a money grab. Well, so here's the thing it's either that or, you know, you pay a bit less for like your PS5 or something like that. And you have to buy Madden, you know, for 65, 70 bucks every year. You have to buy your sports games, you have to buy your gun games, right? That's why I think Game Pass can win in theory because you know you subscribe if you game and you play a few different games, you subscribe to Game Pass and you're paying what? What's fifteen times twelve? My it's probably like one hundred and eighty bucks a year. Yeah, one eighty. So that's the average adult. That's two three games a year. If you're buying two to three games a year and you're an Xbox person, you'd be dumb not to get Game Pass as long as there's no latency issues. You know, as long as you can access the game, but. I don't know. I, I never owned an Xbox. Don't plan on it. Um, this seems like a, a money grab for sure, but it also seems like a bet, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Jake, you nailed it right on the head. So I was, I was thinking about myself, and it's like, okay, I buy one game a year, that's 60 bucks, or I pay 15 months for the, and then every, so then it's 180 for the year. Like, Microsoft would be dumb not to have this subscription model where they're probably going to make more money out of the people who don't buy games constantly. And I think it all depends on like what games are you actually able to play in game pass. And I guess time will tell with that because if they're similar thing that we have going on with streaming where it's like, they just silo, like everyone starts making their own subscription service, then that might get tough. But if you're able to play call of duty, halo matting, all for 15 bucks a month. Like it's a no brainer. Like why wouldn't you get it? Right. Yeah. And that's, so Sony feels threatened. I'll put it that way. Their stocks dipped a little bit. Some other tech stocks are down a little bit because they're like, Oh shit, Microsoft's getting bigger. We'll leave it with this real quick phrase or sentence. If this goes through, let's get both your opinions. This is good or bad for the tech and gaming worlds. Yes, it's good. I mean, it's just going to become like, you know, an ultimate battle between Microsoft, Sony, and then obviously you now need to include uh, Facebook or Meta rather because of the metaverse and what kind of games are going to go on to that. So, I mean, it's just, it's just the evolution of technology and it's like more gaming together and it's like you're going to have to pick a side. Um, I think it's a good business buy as well. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think it's definitely, definitely goodbye. I think if the tough thing about gaming is when you think about it, everyone has their certain games that they go to, but they still have access to all the other games if they wanted that. If we're now going down this path where Sony has only Sony games and Microsoft only has Microsoft games, that, I mean, I guess just the dynamic of the gaming industry is going to change. Like you're not going to be able to really go to GameStop and buy the same game for each um, system. It's like Microsoft might just have its own store. 
Sony might have its own store because it's like, why do you need to go to these third-party stores? So yeah, they, to your point, though, I think that's probably that's probably good for the industry because it's going to force them to work together because it's like, you know, it's working. What they did with MLB The Show, enough Xbox users just got pissed when they're like, fuck, why is Sony making these? Why is, uh, you know, uh, what is it? San Diego Studios making these for the PlayStation and I can't play this on my Xbox, right? So we see that in the sports world. I think we'll probably see it everywhere else. So for that reason, I will say it's good for gaming. Um, and now we just buckle up and see because we don't have to buy any of this shit, thankfully. And now on to the ball segment. Quick disclaimer, we filmed the episode prior to the completion of the Bills-Chiefs game. Obviously, major heartbreak for the city of Buffalo. If you have not seen it, the overtime win for the Chiefs, they returned to the AFC Championship game. So we did not cover that for this episode, um, inserting it in for post-production. But the ball segment presented by Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the code HOUSE for 20% off and free shipping. Some of the best products. Your balls will thank you later. And now our ball segment for NFL Divisional Weekend. Upset City in football this week. I mean, we start with the Bengals. They punched the Titans in the mouth. They won by a field goal. And, well, as we were talking about with um, with Ivan Demosten and Christine the other day, um, this is their first AFC championship since 1988 or appearance. Anyway, that's pretty damn cool. The the city of Cincinnati is going to go off. And I think, you know, when they play the winner of the bills and the chiefs, it's going to be really tough, obviously, but the Bengals looked great. So I don't know if that's, that makes them a legit threat or a product of circumstance. I really don't know yet. I mean, if there was going to be an upset this week, this weekend, you know, my money was on the Bills. Um, what we've learned, and it, it's now especially true with the Packers being bounced, having that one seed in this playoffs format now is not beneficial. Having that buy is not good um, because you're going to catch a, a team that's full speed ahead. And it's like for the Bengals, I haven't won a playoff game in over 30 years to f- beat the Raiders. Well, first make the playoffs, then beat the Raiders, and then come in hot to the Tennessee Titans and win. Um, momentum's on the side right now for Cincinnati. And, you know, as we're recording, we're 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Chiefs are up 23-21 to the Bills. Um, saw early predictions on for the Bengals. It's going to be a six-point spread anyway, uh, no matter who they play. I don't know. It's like right now, Cincinnati seems like that team of destiny. Similarly, on the other side with the uh, 49ers. The 49ers are getting hot at the right time. The defense is stout. Um, if they can, you know, let Debo Samuel cook and get the run game up, I think their Super Bowl, they're destined for the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. And that leads into the 49ers Packers. Um, it's one of those that I went to bed with the Packers up by a touchdown. I'm like, yeah, you know, that'll, that'll be fine. Then I woke up and they're interviewing Jimmy G. They're talking about his career. And they're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, shit. So, I don't know. The question is, is Aaron Rodgers done forever? Is he done with the Packers? Is he back in Green Bay? This is what I think he's not done forever, but I think he's done with the Packers. And he's talking about all this stuff about how, like, I don't want to rebuild. And it seems like that's where the organization's going. My gut feeling tells me he's going to be in Denver or with the New York Giants next year, and I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, he has to be out of Green Bay. Like, for whatever reason, like, they were the one seed, and yet there still seemed to be trouble in paradise. Like, for some reason, Rodgers just did not want to be at Green Bay, and you could tell. So I am, I'm, I'm feeling you there, Zim, on the, he might go to Denver. It'd be cool to see him in New York, you know. Will, Will gets a good quarterback for, it has a little bit. I mean, that, that'd be cool. Uh, it would be nice to see him in a different spot, but I agree. I don't think he's done. It, it would be a shock if he was out of here. Yeah, you know, he still has too much to prove, especially after this loss. Um, I really did think that they were NFC Championship bound, let alone Super Bowl bound. I thought, you know, this was one of the stronger teams that he's had. Um, but he will not be a Green Bay Packer next year. The Packers are $44 million over the cap. Um, not including their free agents that they'd like to bring back, but it seems unlikely. Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan, Devondre Campbell, the uh, offensive linebacker, Kevin King, the cornerback. Yeah, like I can't say, as you list off those guys, I can't say that any of them like confidently will be back. You know Devontae Adams is going to go test the waters because he's about to get paid somewhere. So it's like, and you know, flat or step backwards from last year, it's like, Aaron Rodgers was holding out, obviously, um, and then he finally came back, but with the intention of, unless like we win the Super Bowl, I'm pretty much bouncing. Um, time for him to get a new start elsewhere. You guys joke about the Giants. Is it a possibility? Maybe, but to be honest, it's like that's going to be a lot of money for a quarterback that is on the tail end of his career, and I don't yeah. consider him that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning-esque. He is a regular season warrior, but since his career, I think he only has like 11 playoff wins and one Super Bowl ring. There's other fish in the sea. But you still, you know, you can look at it through, oh, yeah, he's only got 11 playoff wins. He's actually got the second most of any active quarterback right now. Is that crazy? But Tom Brady is now 35 postseason wins. Like, that is just insane. So... I hear you. I mean, he's not the so he's by no means is a solution. And I think that's probably what the Giants need, especially with their new GM. Um, I don't really think he's going to want to be. I don't think he's going to want to pick up the phone and call Aaron Rodgers. It would be pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, I still think that realistically, the Giants are a better landing spot than Denver for him. Yeah. Yeah. I. So that's the thing. It's like, where does he go? If not Denver, where, like, where does he end up? I can't name you. Like Carolina? I don't know. He's, he, I don't think he's going to want to play in North Carolina. Could be the Saints. Could be the Raiders. Um, could be could be the 49ers if they decide to move on from Jimmy G unless the Super Bowl happens. They've been talking about it for a while. But then again, they also have Trey Lance. So that would be kind of wasteful for them. Um, Steelers. Steelers need a quarterback. That's actually a good point. I think I'm going to throw out a dark horse. I think uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, think, well, that implies that Russ is gone then, right? Yeah, I think Russ is going to leave. I think he should leave. Who knows what's going to happen with Pete Carroll, but I do think Rodgers might go there just on the fact that, oh, a really good quarterback was here. Let me one-up that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. As if people need another reason to hate him right now. <laughs> he needs it, though. He needs some motivation. He does need a little fuel. Like he, he was, he was winning so much when people were talking shit about his vaccine views and how he straight up lied about his vaccination status. But um, 
I don't hate that. I get it's just gonna be so weird to see him in a Seahawks uniform if he does go there. Like I feel I mean, like he that's lied about the vaccines vaccine status. He said he was immunized. He said that's an immunization is a shot. He I mean he, he lied. I don't think he I don't think he should have lied, and I'll respect his views, like obviously, you know, but I mean he wasn't truthful, but he didn't lie. <laughs> he was, so jail or prison? Neither. <laughs> yeah, like, Jailer at prison, you lose you lose to the 49ers 13 to 10. That's punishment. That's he's okay. served his punishment. Yeah. He's been chastised by the media. He lost at Lambeau to the 49ers. That's he's got he's been through the ringer enough. I wish him well. I really do and hope he finds success. They say it every year. They're like, oh, the playoffs run through Lambeau, one of the hardest places well, they, to play. Every team upsets the Packers in Lambeau. It's gone all the way back to 2008 when Eli or 2007 when Eli Manning upset Green Bay in, in Lambo. It's like yeah. for 30 years of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, you have two rings to account for it. That sucks. That's not good. Like Big Ben has more rings than Aaron Rodgers right now. I'd say, I would say the biggest loss Rodgers took this year, though, was not getting the host of Jeopardy. I do agree with that, especially what happened after where they picked Mike Richards and then he goes down in flames and now they have nobody to, you know, they're just trying to fill it in with Ken Jennings and these other guys. Um, But we're talking about quarterbacks that, you know, have upset Rodgers at Lambeau. Tom Brady's one of them. Um, And I was this close to thinking that Tom Brady had a legit shot to do it again uh, against the Rams. Rams win 30-27. to 27. Um, That was a game for the ages. That was an awesome playoff game. I think that was probably the best one of this weekend, pending the Bills-Chiefs outcome. Brady, he did it again. Erased the big deficits. And he just did what he does best. That's on the defense. I mean, again, could Brady have had a better game? Yes, I think what I mean it's still though it wasn't bad. It was like 360 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um that was on the defense. I mean, if he doesn't crucify Anton Winfield Jr. at the end of that game, it's like, and again, that's not the type of player he is, but you can't he brought it back from the 27 to 3 deficit, and then you just let Cooper Cup wide open across the middle. And then looking back on the plays in the replay, they were blitzing. There was no reason to blitz on that. You should have had they didn't have the timeouts. They just needed the field goal to win it. You know, let your let your team catch their breath and go to overtime. It's like, why are you rushing the quarterback when you have Cooper Cup, one of the most electric wide receivers in the league right now, burning you across the middle? And that was game. That was game. So I think Todd Bowles cost himself a head coaching job with that game. He could have. And that's a question. You know, Bowles was in conversations in was he talking to the Giants? No, no. He's been around though. His name is his name when they when the probably Bears Texans like yeah, shit when like the that. Bucks when the Bucks um, won the Super Bowl last year. He decided to come back, but his name was tossed around. Obviously, a former Jets head coach. Um, you know, his name has been in the hat for some time, but now it's like, dude, you you blew a big game on a on a, on a game you had the chance to win and come back in overtime and. That was that was what sealed the deal. Yeah, I think so. My prediction right now, I think the Rams are going to beat the 49ers. I think the 49ers are rolling, but I think the Rams are just too damn good. I mean, did you not see the Rams have beat the? I mean, the 49ers have beat the Rams the past six times. I know. I just think the tides are going to. Something's going to change. Something's going to change. 
That's what I think. I think the film's there. Yeah, I mean, if Cooper Cup was able to pretty much get 70 yards in 20 seconds to help win the game, like, I have a hard time seeing the 49ers not being able to have the same same thing happen to what just happened to the Bucks. if that made any sense in English. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm looking at the Rams' schedule, and yes, they, you know the 49ers had their way with them in November. It was an overtime loss in January. I don't know. I think something's gonna something has to give now. McVay is gonna be so pissed off. I just think he's gonna take care of business. Listen, hot take though. Jimmy G has been there before. Matthew Stafford has not. That's nuts, and that's nuts that you're right. Like that is before. not only not only riding the coattails of Tom Brady in his own Super Bowl two years ago, he's done it yeah. before. That's crazy. That's a crazy, crazy statistic. Um, at this point, you know, I, I like the Rams winning this. I think pending the outcome of Bill's Chiefs, you know, I think the Rams can do it. And I tweeted that back in September. So the Rams can can do this all. So, I don't know. Zach, any early predictions? I mean, if the Rams are going to do it, they have to do it this year. I think we've looked at it before. You guys might have talked about it um, on a previous podcast, but, like, a lot of their uh, superstars, this is their last year, and they're already pretty strapped for cash. So, it's like, if they don't do it now, how are they going to be able to do it in the years to come? So, they're going to win now. So, I don't hate the Rams winning. Like, they... They went out, they got Von Miller, they got OBJ. Like, they did what they needed to do to set them up. I mean, they won their games. I, I could see the Rams winning. But it's so much more fun to talk about, like, the Bengals. Like, no. young Bengals just figuring it out at the very end, getting hot when they needed to. Or as, you know, former, former Patriot Jimmy G, like, watching him make it to the Super Bowl, then you can just be like, oh, the Patriots are the reason why Jimmy G was able to win the Super Bowl. So as a Patriots fan, you gotta love it. Yeah. I don't know. It's towing the line between like, all right, do you want Jimmy G to do well because of that? Or do you want him to not do well to prove that like Bill made the right decision? You know, and I guess you just gotta root for him, but that really that stings. Not gonna lie. Stings a little bit. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like you you want to be upset, but at the same time, you're like, you have something nice going with Mac. So it's like, uh, we, we could have done it. We didn't. You know, might as well root for someone who used to be one of us. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. That is our show. Did we get everything out? Uh, I guess we're just going to have to buckle up and see what happens in this Bills-Chiefs game. Um, looks like the Chiefs are close. So what, whatever at that point. I mean, I'm, I'm so indifferent. I wish the Bills would have pulled it out. But if we got to see the Chiefs play the Bengals, so be it. My I mean, opinion. it's 26-21 with nine minutes left. Lot oh, of- they kicked a field goal. Okay. A lot of, lot of football left. There's a lot of football left. I would like to see either of those teams win the Super Bowl, too. Maybe not the Chiefs. Because I don't tolerate Jackson the Holmes. But. Fresh blood. Yeah. Someone who hasn't won in a while. It would be nice to see, especially with all the upsets that just happened. It's like, might as well give someone new. the, the yeah. Hey, listen, I'll root for the Bengals. No, don't get me wrong. I'll root for them. But I think uh, 
whoever comes out of 49ers Rams looks to be the they look to be the team on their with the target on their back. Yeah. But that's our show. Uh, Zach, thanks for hopping on with us. You guys can obviously catch up with us for uh, every week. The Bachelor is on tonight, Monday, the 24th at 8 p.m. on ABC. Thanks to Jesse Palmer for coming out. Thanks for Disney and ABC for coordinating. That's Zach, that's Will, and I'm Jake. So long, everyone. Take it easy.